All right. So since planting Redemption Gateway, what is the longest time you've gone without preaching on a Sunday? I think 11 or 12 weeks. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 2015, had the huge gift of getting a sabbatical. And uh, I think the sabbatical was 10 weeks. So yeah. yeah, whatever. Maybe it was 10 weeks, 10 or 11, something like that. Do you think it was okay to be gone that long? I think it was great. It was one of the best things ever for my leadership and for our church, actually, in the long run. Not something I would recommend for a brand new church or a struggling church, but it was really a gift to me, to our family. And in the end, it made our church realize, well, you know what? Our whole thing doesn't depend on that guy. We are the church. And that was a really great lesson. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Hey, welcome to the Preaching Through Podcast sponsored by Ministry Pass. My name is Dave Shrine, and I am here with co-host Luke Simmons. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. So this is one that I've been excited to talk about because as I mentioned in our previous episode, which if you haven't listened, listen, I spent probably about a month, six weeks, just deep diving into the concept of the sermon calendar and yeah. the benefits of the sermon calendar, why you would want to use it, what are some of the reasons why people wouldn't want to use a sermon calendar. And so the uh, the opportunity to discuss that with you, and I've never talked with you about sermon calendar at all. As a matter of fact, in the last episode, I mentioned this, but when I brought this big project to you, I was like, hey, here's my thing that I've been working on. And, yeah. and it was good. It, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank, you thank you very much. Uh, you looked at it and you said, yeah, I, I looked at it. It was, it was great. Did a good good job. I just, I don't understand why somebody would not use a preaching calendar. Yeah. Well, looking back on remembering that, I, I think what was going on is you spent a good chunk of time in the article trying to explain, here's why it's valuable. Yeah. And I just thought, why would anyone debate this? Yeah. Like who thinks that the Saturday night special is a better way to do it? And then I realized <laughs> some people do, right? Yeah. They go, oh, we're just going to be filled by the spirit. I go, well, great. I hope so. Cause otherwise it's going to be terrible. Well, the thing is, is no matter how <laughs> often you preach, knowing what you're going to be preaching on ahead of time is kind of an important thing to do diligence on the passage, on the text, sure. on just preparing the way that you're going to communicate it and draw insights and communicate those insights. Well, I have this conviction that the Holy Spirit can lead you in the moment and the Holy Spirit can lead you a year and a half in advance. Oh, he's not limited. He's not. And so having that preparation, it, it's advantageous in so many ways. No matter how many Sundays you preach and the team at Ministry Pass actually did a survey on how many Sundays pastors are preaching, uh, having that- How many How many per year? Per year. Oh, wow. How many they're preaching, having that information. I mean, it's just- Man, I'm curious. So, Do you okay, have any I, of that? In yeah, I, I, I have it right here. So uh, before I share that, um, I'm curious. They also asked the question, does writing a sermon add stress to your life? What do you think the answer was? was yes or no? What do you think the answer was? Or the percentages have said yes? Uh, I'd bet 60% said yes. Oh, okay. That's a little, uh, so, um, 50% okay. said yes. I actually would have thought more like 70% said okay. yes or, or whatnot, but 50% well, I, I like said to ask yes. people about preaching. Do you, do you prefer the preparation or the delivery uh -huh. or do you like both equally? And I'd say in my experience, more people would say, ah, the preparation's harder than I like the delivery more than the mm -hmm. preparation, but yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So getting to how many pastors preach. So this, this one's not too shocking, but then I'll break it down. 60.7% of the pastors surveyed said they were preaching 40 weeks or more. Okay. So you hear that. And so that's about 80%. 80%. 40 weeks. Yeah. That's 11, 12 Sundays off per year. 
But then when you look at the entire survey as a whole, 44.5, almost half were preaching 45 weeks or more. Okay. 50 to 52 weeks a year. 15% of pastors are preaching 50 to 52 weeks a year. That's at most wow. two Sundays off. Wow. That's too much. Yeah, I think it is a little bit too much. And I mean, for one thing, nobody's that good. You can't be good every week, <laughs> I wouldn't think. And for another thing, there's probably other people in the church that have some teaching gifts and they should get some reps. Well, if you want to tap into that, you kind of need to have a plan. And in a previous episode, you said, if you're going to take time off, you need to schedule that time off. Yeah. It's not just going to organically sure. happen. And on the last second, you're going to do it. Kind of the same thing exists. If you're going to bring other people in, mm -hmm. if you're going to gain a little bit more time away for yourself, whether it's to go check out other churches, whether it's just to attend church, whether it's to do vacation, whether it's to do all of those things, you really do need to have a plan that you can invite other people into. And there's a lot of resistance to this idea of a preaching calendar. I told you about a show that I found on TikTok called The Comment Section. Okay. They just go through and look at comments on YouTube and oh, Twitter. Gosh, that sounds miserable. That was the exact response you had when I told you the first time. So, But we're going to do that here. We're going to go okay. through the comments section. So I'm going to read you a few comments that have come in on social media posts having to do with planning out your sermon calendar, and you can tell me which one's your favorite. Okay. If you're going to lead by God like my preacher, your message may change Saturday night, and God doesn't give people a year's worth of messages to lay out before the church. Every Bible has a sermon calendar already. It's called the Table of Contents. <laughs> Jesus Christ never prepped for a sermon. You know what's interesting about that? Actually, the maker of The Chosen got in real hot water. Oh, really? Because in the most uh, recent season, he has this scene where Jesus is rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, that's right. He got crushed over it. It's people like, Jesus would never have to prepare. And it's like, well, why not? Of course, that's not in the Bible. We don't know that he prepared yeah. it, but we also don't know that no, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to plan your sermons. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit is for? When you use a preaching calendar, you're not leaving much for the direction or the movement of the Spirit of God. The more I plan, the more likely he is to give me something different at 5 a.m. Sunday morning. Okay. And finally, not my kind of pastor. God makes the plan, not a preacher. Okay. Great. Well, if, if you feel like any of those people, then... Join us next time on the Preaching Through <laughs> Podcast. But if, I mean, I just look at that and go, I mean, I guess. It's kind of like what we were saying is, well, if the Holy Spirit can lead you at 5 a.m. with a fresh idea, why can't he arrange it where you happen to be preaching on the very thing that your family and life and church are going through a year from now? I mean, I so, yeah. I mean, what I would say, what I appreciate about that instinct is I don't want to rely on the plan. I don't think the power is in the plan. I don't mm -hmm. think the power is in the preparation. The power is in the spirit. But one of the things that the spirit uses is a plan and is preparation. And if you want to be a preacher that doesn't have to preach 52 weeks a year, then having a sermon calendar is and a preaching calendar is really helpful. So this is the Preaching Through Podcast. And today we're inviting you to come in and have a seat at the table and talk preaching calendars with us, talk preparation, talk strategy, talk discipleship uh, method for your church, a discipleship strategy for your church. And we want to look at different books, topics, issues, all of the things that are central to following Jesus in 21st century America. And so uh, you don't have to do this alone, and in fact, you shouldn't do it alone. You don't need to. Uh, we are just one voice providing commentary and hopefully encouragement, challenging you to grow in your abilities and uh, in your passion for communicating the Word of God 
to his people. We want you to become a stronger communicator of the gospel because that means uh, the kingdom of God continues to take root and take uh, hold in people's hearts until the day the kingdom of God actually reestablished here on earth. And man, that gets me excited. And uh, preaching calendar gets to be a part. Let's talk about it. Hey, pastors, let's think back to a time when you prepared your very first sermon. All you had in front of you was an assigned passage and a blinking cursor. You weren't sure how to start, so you began studying the passage and then writing whatever came to mind. You got through it, preached your sermon, but how much more effective would the entire process have been if you had started your preparation with a little bit more insight, a little bit more help. This is where Ministry Pass comes in. Ministry Pass sermon resources provide pastors with a head start on planning sermon series as well as drafting their individual sermons, saving hours every week while still putting their best foot forward and preaching a sermon that's true to them. Instead of starting with a blank page and just searching for ideas, Ministry Pass offers ready-to-use sermon content that can fit into any sermon or serve as an inspirational springboard for other ideas. When you log in to ministrypass.com, you immediately gain access to over 1,500 sermon series. That's 75 years worth of sermon content. Each series comes with a series guide that includes suggested illustration ideas, series big ideas, big ideas for your individual messages, possible application points, and even a sermon series graphic package. Head over to preachingthrough.com slash ministry pass for a free trial and start writing faithful sermons faster. I have, yeah. Every year since we planted the church 13 years ago, it's uh it's been unbelievably helpful. I mean, it's such a valuable tool in the life of our church. We've never discussed this. Uh, it's not something I really know much about you and your ideas on it. So this will be new for me as it is. For- well, and we just finished our preaching calendar. Oh, well, this for is perfect. Next year, like last week. So well, this is perfect. This will be great. All right. So the first question that uh, if I'm going to make my preaching calendar, how far ahead do I need to plan? I would say at least six months, ideally 12 months. What we just finished, the last sermon planned is about 18 months away. That's probably the long end for me. I know other people that do it multiple years in advance, but I'd say at least at least six to 12 months would be the sweet spot. COVID threw a huge wrench in everybody's plans. <laughs> sure. And I went back and I was watching some material that you had delivered prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. And you had said, our church is going to start going through the gospel of John as soon as Easter is over. And I don't remember, did we go through the gospel of John as soon as Easter was over? No, when COVID happened, I mean, we all pivoted. Everyone had to pivot. And we, I think, went into the Beatitudes and we went into some other stuff that felt, you know, not quite as intensive. So, of course, and and that's a great thing is if you have a plan, you can change it, Mm -hmm. right? If you have a plan, you can adapt it. I've had a preaching calendar and then had one of our founding members pass away who was also an elder in our church. And I went, you know what? We're going to set the calendar aside and I'm going to do a sermon about what I learned from Charlie Jolly. The having a plan doesn't mean you're locked in and you can't adjust. It just means you have a plan. And then if you want to tweak it, you can. We wound up coming around. I don't know exactly when we did start the gospel of John, but we spent a good chunk of time eventually going through mm-hmm. the gospel of John. Was that an intentional, hey, we had planned on doing this. We're just going to push it down the road. Were you able to lean on that plan in the future or did you scrap everything and eventually wind up coming back and saying, you know what? We should do the gospel of John. Yeah. We had already outlined it. Okay. So we had a sense of here's how long we want it to take. Here's the 
chunks that we broke it up in and but then we had to adjust you know start and stops and stuff like that so when you say we who is we uh, me. Okay. <laughs> With input from other leaders. Okay. What, so, what is I mean, that I input? can talk you through the process that okay, I Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. That'd be so, great. Um, I mean, this gets real wonky and I, I'd be happy even to share a spreadsheet if people want to see yeah. uh, how we've done it. The other thing for people to know listening is right now I'm part of a multi-congregational church where there's multiple congregations, people preaching at different congregations. But I did this even when I was by myself, when we weren't doing it that way. So I make a spreadsheet that has every date of the year. Uh, there's a column for holidays so that those stand out. The first thing that you put on your preaching calendar is your vacation. And you say, these are the days I'm not going to, I'm not saying necessarily you have to have every day off, mm -hmm. but if this is when I'm taking a vacation and I got that advice when I was planning the church and I thought, gosh, that's a weird first thing to put on. But the reason is if you don't put it on first, you will always find a reason to not put it on. There will always be something that's needed or, man, I'm the only one that can do that. And so that's the place you start is here's when I'm not going to be here, <laughs> which is not intuitive, but it's really important. So time out real quick. If I recall correctly, you went to the board and you asked them, hey, how much, how much, what, what, how, what, did, you, what did you ask them? <laughs> well, this is going to sound weird when you hear it, but okay. I'll explain. So I asked them, what's the minimum amount that you would be okay with me preaching in mm -hmm. a year. And it's not because I'm looking to do the minimum, you know, that's <laughs> not kind of my personality, but I want to have a team of people mm -hmm. uh, because I'm part of this multi-congregational thing. Sometimes yeah. I preach at other places in, in my case, like that 45, 52, I've never preached that many times mm -hmm. in a year, but I wanted to go, okay, well, but what would not be enough? Cause I think you can preach too much as a lead pastor and you can preach not enough. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what that was about. Okay, so knowing what that number is, not saying that that's the number you're aiming for, but that's what you have in yeah, mind. and that would be a great conversation with a board is to say, what's the most I should preach? What's the least I should preach? Give me a range that I should be in here. Because if you're feeling like, well, I have to do it 52 weeks a year, you might have some leaders that would say, you know what, actually, we'd really like to be able to make it where it's only... 46 times a year mm -hmm. and we can create some budget to be able to have some guest speakers or to do some different things like, but that's a conversation that's definitely worth having. So, and building up, if, if you ultimately, I would imagine it's a conversation worth having and then ultimately a goal worth working towards because yeah. recently there was about, I don't know, two months between us recording episodes of this podcast. And part of that is because you were gone multiple weeks. Yeah. I attended almost all of the weeks that you were gone and the preaching was fantastic. There, there was not this, well, pastor's gone. We have to, you know, sit mm -hmm. through another, another message, but there's a strong bullpen at the church and preachers have been getting reps throughout the year, yeah. not only in their individual ministries, but they've been getting opportunities to step into quote unquote big church. And so for you to be gone, yeah. you, you, you didn't have to feel like, well, we're well, really losing. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, when I think about the first year of our church, the mm -hmm. first year of our church is the most I've ever preached. Uh -huh. And I preached 40 weeks. So that means 12 weeks in a church plant. Yeah. And our budget was $150,000 meeting in a rented space. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I'm going to ask my buddies from other ministries that I know. Our guest speakers were not usually other senior pastors. They were mm -hmm. other you know, college pastors and student pastors, but I, I just went, I'm doing this for the long haul mm -hmm. and I want to establish out of the gate that 
we're going to have a healthy rhythm to this. So yeah, I think that's the first piece that goes on your preaching calendar is, you know, your vacation. The next thing I think would be the big days. Uh-huh. We've talked in a previous episode about Christmas Eve and Easter. So obviously marking those on the calendar, but also the key days based on your community, mm-hmm. right? When it, when are the big back to school couple right. weekends? That would be a big one. Mother's right. day. Um, Father's day is not a big day. Unfortunately, um, part of that is it lands in the summer, but you know, there's, there's just key weekends that you go, this is big. And so you, you need to know that because those are good days to start series mm-hmm. marking those big days become really important. And then it, to me, it's a lot of, of trying to figure out what are the kinds of series that you want to do. Some of the people listening to this do mostly topical thematic series, uh, some people maybe do more like what I do, which is most of the time I'm doing expository through books of the Bible, more sequential things. Um, I actually prefer a mix mm-hmm. of it. Um, in my ideal world, I would follow a pattern that would be something like Old Testament, New Testament, topic. And by New Testament, I mean like epistle, uh-huh. like a letter. So Old Testament, New Testament, epistle, topic, gospel, and then just repeat uh-huh. some version of that. And that doesn't mean you have to do a full book, right? We might do, here's a portion from the Sermon on the Mount, or here's a portion from the Upper Room Discourse, or here's you know, this part of Isaiah, or whatever it might be. But that's the kind of rhythm that I like to follow. But, but you've got to feel that out, right? And you've got to figure out, okay, in these different things, how long of a series do I want to have? Do I feel like I want to have a bunch of four to six week things. Do I want to have one big mega series mm-hmm. that's super long? You know, you kind of figure out what are those things. And, and really there, a lot of it for me has been going, what do I feel passionate about? Mm-hmm. What in my time with the Lord has come alive? What are some themes or some topics or some issues that we have not hit? And we want to try to provide a well-rounded thing. Maybe in some cases people go, here's just this thing that every year we know we're going to talk about this. We're going to revisit our vision or we're going to revisit parenting or we're going to revisit money or whatever it is. Um, But figuring out kind of that, uh, okay, here's everything in this next season that I'd love to try to do getting that down on paper and blocked out in particular, especially if you're preaching the books of the Bible, because you can preach Romans in one week. Here's an overview of Romans. You can do it 16 weeks where it's, here's a chapter a week. And mm-hmm. you can do it like John Piper, where you did it basically for a decade, yeah. <laughs> you know, like something like that. Hello, so, 2010s. Yeah. So um, to me, that's some of the fun of it. And it requires a little, a little bit of work, right? Usually I have to get away for a few hours and try to map out some stuff, or I'll look at what other churches have done. You know, I'll look at the, the, different sermon calendars that ministry pass has they've got it's kind of cool they go if you're going through books of the bible here's an option if you're going through topics here's an option you're going through um they've got the lectionary calendar yeah that's the one that's what i was thinking and so uh, the church calendar right yeah i wanted to ask you do you have some sort of so with the lectionary over the course of three years you're three years you'll wind up hitting everything in scripture do you have some sort of uh mandate you know, just a personal mandate that I want to, over the course of three years, someone attends our church, they're going to get everything in the Bible or they're going to get all the gospels. Do you have some sort of a larger mandate or? I don't, but I know some pastors who do. Yeah. Like I think Andy Stanley has about a four or five year curriculum that he recycles and repackages and they change up all the series titles and stuff, but it's kind of the same thing. And I think, Hey, that's great. So I, I don't have any problem with that. That's not something that um, that I'm trying to do, but I am trying to think, okay, are we getting a balanced diet? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go, 
here's Romans for two years. And then here's Galatians for, you know, six months. And then here's the doctrine of justification for another, like, okay, but what about some of these other parts of the Bible that, that we hit? And we could have a whole different conversation on preaching through books, the Bible versus mm-hmm. thematic stuff. But in terms of the preaching calendar, and in my case, because I'm part of a team, I'm asking them, hey, if, if it were up to you, what are some books that you would love to preach? If it were up to you, what are some topics that you feel like our people need? It's a good thing to ask leaders and elders and, and get that input and really kind of just get all that listed out. And then you start the puzzle pieces of where do you put it? What's interesting, you brought up Andy Stanley, and I just recently realized one of the things that, I don't know if this is long-term, but one of the things that they've done as of in the last couple of years, if they have a specific speaker preaching a series, that speaker will preach that entire series, yeah, and then Andy will preach his entire series, and then there will be another series, and the same speaker will go through all of that. I thought that was Kind yep. of interesting. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, that is interesting. And especially because they're doing usually shorter series. Yeah, three, it's four easier weeks. To go, okay, I'll do six weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. If your series is 20 weeks in a row, I'm a sure he would do it differently. Um, so, I, yeah, so much of that is like, well, what do you want to do? It's preference. It's, you know, I know some people, like I'm in a church where if if we did a lot of topical preaching, people go, oh, that. I don't know about that topical stuff. Okay, then call it systematic theology series. (laughs) And it's the same thing. You know, like no one wants in our environment, like, oh, we're going to do a topical message on the Holy Spirit. Uh, We're going to do a systematic theology series on the Holy Spirit. Ooh, you know, so a lot of it is just what you call these things. I think a little bit uh, gets made up in um, on the on the other side of church. So there's the attendee side and then there's the staff side. And as an as an attendee, now I can con- compare and contrast with when I was on the staff side. Mm-hmm. I knew everything that was going on with our series. I was dialed into the series. I was aware every single well, Especially week in of, communication. Especially you were, in communication. Yeah, yeah. I was doing that. But now as an attendee, I mean, I, I know that we're going to be talking about, uh, was it First Samuel? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah That's so, what we're doing right now. Yeah, we're doing First Samuel right now. So I know we're going to talk about that this week, but it's not like I really think about first Samuel necessarily, Oh, we're in a first Samuel series type thing. Like, yeah, but what you could do, and we're not doing this right now, yeah. but there, there've been times we've done it. You could do this is you could say, um, Hey, we're going to do a series on first Samuel and here's a reading plan on first Samuel. Yeah. And here's some extra resources and yeah, here's some, uh, we did this, you know, this earlier this year, we did Colossians and we recorded some videos on Colossians that were only on social media that were supplemental topical things related to Colossians. So, I mean, you can, but that's, again, if you don't have a preaching calendar, you don't get you that don't option. know what's coming. You can't create that kind of opportunity. So yeah, just because we don't do it right now, doesn't mean you couldn't do it and doesn't mean we won't do it in the future. So one of the things that that makes me think about is how closely should or can the discipleship plan for the church be tied into the sermons that are being taught or vice versa. How closely will the sermons that are being taught tie into our model of discipleship? Because I would imagine there is some benefit to having some synergy between those two or some overlap. Yeah, I think there is benefit. I'd be hesitant to say should. I don't have a verse on it. Yeah. You know, it's preference, it's choice, it's conviction. In our church, we do mostly sermon-based small groups. So there's the sermon and the small groups are discussing the material from that passage in the weeks that follow. That's what most of our groups do. I think there's a lot of strength to that. 
there's also weaknesses to that. <laughs> I mean, any discipleship approach and, and program, you're mostly figuring out which problems am I okay with. Um, so there is an opportunity to, to synergize it. What's really interesting to me is anytime, and we talked earlier about a vision series. Yeah. Anytime someone's doing a vision series or a capital campaign, they sync it all up. That tells you something. Yeah. When we want people to give money, we align mm-hmm. the calendar. Yeah. We align the events. We align the discipleship. We create all sorts of extra tools and resources. And so there is a question that goes, well, if we do that when we want them to give, why don't we ever do that on other stuff? And of course, if everything all the time right. has that level of intensity, it starts to be overwhelming and it's white noise and it doesn't work, right? So, But there is something to be learned from that. If that's so effective at leading people in a particular vision, maybe it would be effective at leading them in other ways. We've got our calendar. We've inputted all of the Sundays. We've inputted our vacation. We started to map out where we think, hey, maybe we're going to do a series here that's this long and maybe we'll do something down here. It's this wet concrete six to 12 months out, start to mold it and shape it. The thing that I would love to see in more churches is a greater variety of people who are stepping into the pulpit. Now, you said in the early days, I was able to bring in some of my buddies. Now, we have been connected to a very similar network of ministry leaders and pastors mm-hmm. over the last you know couple of decades. So I know that that's at least to me that seems to be kind of a unique a unique position to be in that the network was that strong with that many churches um, and that many leaders. Well, but to be clear, in those early days, it it was very unofficial. Okay, like I said, my buddies. It was truly my buddies. Yeah. It was, couple guys I used to work in a ministry with, some people from another church that I would get coffee with from time to time. It wasn't a formal network, though now we have more of that. Mm-hmm. I've talked about our multi-congregational dynamic. And sometimes people are part of a denomination or a network, but I hope for most pastors, and, and maybe you have some data on this, uh, it probably would make me sad, but for most pastors, I hope that you at least have a couple buddies in town that you get together with a couple times a year and you pray for each other, you encourage each other. You know what's going on in each other's ministries. And I think those are folks to lean on. You know, in every church too, or in every city, you have some of these larger churches where they've got four, five, six preachers. If you think who's pretty good at preaching at junior high and at high school and at college and at young adults and at senior ministries, and you know, and if you develop some connection with some of those churches, that's another great place to get some help mm-hmm. is to say, okay, I'm not asking for the guy who, you know, the big cheese to come to my little church and preach, but do you have someone, could your high school pastor come in and do that and building some of that collaboration and it, it gives you a rest. It gives people exposure to a different voice. And I realize there's a risk. Some people might go, well, but if people like them too much, are they going to go to that big church? And I, I guess, well, I don't know, maybe. So what if they do, you know, um, you cannot do it all yourself. So as you're evaluating bringing people in, I would imagine there's the level of just send an email and ask, but what what are some of the things that you might consider building that you're, you're by yourself or maybe you have one associate pastor mm-hmm. building that preaching team, getting yourself to maybe preach 38 weeks out of the year. I'm just drawing a number out of a hat. I'm not sure. saying that's an ideal what are what are some of the things that I might need to consider if I want to hit that goal of maybe being gone off of the Sunday 
pulpit for 14 weeks out of the year? I've got maybe an associate pastor. Should I just throw him up there? Do I need to prep them a little bit, uh, make them preach in revelation right off the bat. Yeah. That's what Uh, happened to you, right? Yeah. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I mean, this could be, we could do a whole nother episode related to this preaching through a team. Uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we add that to the list, but, um, yeah, there's a number of, of factors to consider. One is right. Are these people, you know, well, right. I'm not going to schedule some stranger a bunch of times, you know, um, (laughs) not again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one of the things I think about in just evaluating preachers is how many times a year could this guy preach and it be good, right? So there are some people who they shouldn't preach every week, but they're good enough that if they preached almost every week, they'd be good. And, and this depends a lot on the situation, mm-hmm. right? There, there were, I mean, when I was starting as a past, as a church planner, mm-hmm. I had never preached every week. In any environment. I hadn't been a youth pastor. I hadn't been a young adult pastor. This is my first time preaching every week. I was fine preaching weekly at my little church plant, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have been good enough to preach at the nearby 5,000 person mega church every week. I might have been good enough to preach a couple weeks a year there. Like, hey, you know, we can have a couple twice a year. He's going to be okay. Right. So, so some of it is in your context, figuring out. How good is someone, you know, do you have someone that they could do a good job eight weeks a year? Well, if they can, maybe you should let them. And if you say, well, I think they'd be good once, like once a year, they'd be pretty good. Then don't have them do three, (laughs) have them do one. So, so I think that's a part of figuring out, you know, there's a whole nother thing on just how do you develop preachers, you know, and the hard part with preaching is you get better through experience but especially evaluated experience you know one thing we did a number of years ago and again it took us a while to get to this point but we did a training day mm-hmm. where we told everybody hey listen everybody preaching today it's their first time ever preaching on a sunday and across all the congregations yeah and and the people loved it because you know first of all it lowered the expectation like okay this is probably not gonna be very good mm-hmm but I'm not going to be disappointed because they just told me it's not going to be very good. And, and in most cases, people went, wow, I can't, that was his first time. Wow. That's so cool. And they felt like they were part of people's development. So really root for them. Yeah. Too. You, you want to see them. Yeah. Well. You can have some fun with that. I mean, there's different ways to do it, but another thought, if you're trying to figure out how to get more time off is to think through what are the best times to be off. Mm. So that's another piece of the calendar is maybe the week you, after Easter. Yeah, probably not. Maybe three weeks after Easter, yeah. that might be a good space, you know. So that's where you're figuring out the rhythms and the routines, you know, because you 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 should be there when it's prime time, but there might be some weeks where you don't have to be, and those are some good things again to know in advance. So as you solidify your preaching calendar, you it starts to become go from wet concrete to really pretty much solid concrete, and it has to be big change in order to stray away from it. Cause you really do have a lot of people at this point who have prepared and worked hard, your artwork team, uh, people who are coordinating the service, mm-hmm. who are counting on the structure. How do you lead through that? How do you continue to let the staff know, Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And how, do, is there any tips for just leading through the series that we're doing and into the next series? relying on that preaching calendar. Yeah. Well, sharing that information once it's nailed down with the people who would benefit from knowing about Mm -hmm. it, that's one way. 
Another is you um, can start to prepare. So one of the things we're going to do at the end of 2023 uh, at our church is we're going to preach through Revelation, which scares the daylights out of me. <laughs> Um, I don't think we're going to have any giant, you know, charts I, behind us. I have with sermon, timeline. sermon prep for one message. <laughs> if you want some of my notes. Okay. So that's one where it's like, okay, then I'm going to spend the better part of the next year doing some reading on mm-hmm. revelation. And I'll probably see if there's a class at one of the local mm-hmm. seminaries or an online thing that I could do to, to get prepared. So that's another thing you do is you've, if you put this out there, give yourself the benefit of, of doing this. I know some pastors, especially of smaller churches who've decided to do some series together and then they'll team prepare those or they'll bring someone in and say, Hey, will you you help us prepare for this series that we're going to do together? They might trade pulpits from time to time. So I think you can do that. And then it is, it is thinking through, okay, which series are going to require, or do we want to create some additional resources, whether that's additional content, additional videos, study guides, small group discussions, other, you know, collateral type uh, pieces of, of things. And not everything needs that, but those are some things you can start to think through. And, but really it's having that in, in your mind and in your leader's minds and then thinking, okay, what could we do that would help leverage this? Just like you do when there's a big vision series. Could you do that with one or two of your series throughout the year? In our small group uh, recently, we were just talking about the, um, the, the church, the structure, uh, word in a past um, podcast episode I said was enchanting the spirit. Um, and I don't want anybody to get hung up on that word in, enchantment. That was just a word language that I borrowed from someone else. In our discussion, we were talking about, you know, how much, how do you leave room for the Holy Spirit? And then there's these spiritual gifts and, you know, how much you lean on those spiritual gifts kind of determines on you know, maybe where you grew up and what you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. And when you say, Hey, we're going to do X, Y, Z, you kind of open the spigot and there's some good that comes out. And there's also some difficult challenges that come out that you have to now navigate because you're turning on that spigot. Ultimately looking at this idea of the, the preaching calendar, to me, it seems very reflective of um, American church and America itself. We're a very structured country. Mm -hmm. We're very planned out. We have more people involved in a lot of the things that we do, especially, or, or certainly at the church, we, we have larger programs where maybe in other pockets of the country or in the world, it's not necessarily that way. There is a little bit more ebb and flow, and that's more culturally sure. appropriate than it is necessarily prescriptive because none mm-hmm. of this is really prescriptive, so to speak. It's no, I, kind I of put how this in the category of, of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So just thinking through that, as you get that preaching calendar, the last thing just want to end on this is how, how do you approach, do you give um, special credence to, Hey, we're just going to leave the room, leave the door open. Is it, is it just, we're going to leave the door open or no, we're constantly seeking new ways to just alter our plans or is it just an openness? How, how do you let that spirit move knowing that you've planned ahead of time, but knowing that God can speak in last minute moments? Well, what's amazing to me is how many times whatever we're preaching about is just absolutely timely Yeah, with something that went on in the world or, um, or even just, we were doing Colossians and, um, at the end of Colossians, there's this passage about uh, pray for us that there would be an open door for the gospel. Well, that Sunday we happened to be sending off a team to go to Turkey for a short-term trip. And it was like, holy cow, like that just, 
Mm-hmm. We didn't arrange it that way. We didn't, we didn't pick it that way. And so the number of times uh, that happens is just absolutely remarkable. And so I do think the Holy Spirit does that. And then we've talked to, you know, about leading through cultural crisis and big breaking news events where you have to go, ah, is this a moment where we set aside the plan and we figure that out? This is not a follow your plan, not the spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to hear that. So, but it's have a plan and follow the spirit. And oftentimes the spirit's going to continue to bless and to work through your plan. And sometimes he's going to wreck your plans. We started, you know, earlier talking about COVID. Well, mm-hmm. he just wrecked all the plans. Everything needed to change. And so we changed it. Yeah. So I, I just think these things are not at odds. You know, planning and the spirit are not, they don't have to be at odds. Sometimes they are, but they, they don't need to be. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Preaching Through Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. We really do appreciate that. We would love to hear your feedback. And if you'd rather send us a a message, you can send a message to support at ministrypass.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Anything that we can follow up or any uh, suggestions for future episodes, we are all ears. Our goal is to hopefully provide that encouragement, that challenging, that opportunity for growth. And uh, would love to hear if there is a way that we can specifically serve you. Luke, thanks for taking time to do this. And I'm looking forward to our next episode. Yeah, see you then. All right. God bless.